0: Bye.
1: Hey hey everyone. It's Thursday, January 18th, 2023. Welcome to Big Screens and TV Streams. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I am Dale along with producer Paul who's currently rocking the controls. He'll be here in just a moment. And Victor is out sick this week. We wish him a safe and speedy recovery. But we got a great substitute in his place. It's been a couple months since he's been on the show. Our other awesome movie guru of the Grand Forks Best Source family, please welcome the host of Weird Cinema, the one, the only Icky Ichabod and the Wizard of Weird. Yes, yes.
0: Hey, Wizard or Icky, you look like William Defoe with that haircut.
1: <laughs> oh gosh! Just give you a crowd clap for that one. Yes, yes. And you know it's funny. We're we're joking uh, earlier in the week. Uh, I was like, "Whoa, Icky! That's a that's a rockin' new dude." It reminded me of a, a celebrity with a certain wavy hairstyle. Uh, not Willem Dafoe, but you remember what other one? Jake
0: Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yes. Jake
1: Gyllenhaal. And I, sure enough, I googled a, like a little compare contrast, and you know, John was in the studio at the same time. I was like. <laughs> Do you think that they could be kind of related here? And John was like, yes. I meant that in a good way, too. So, yeah, yeah.
0: But, yeah, yeah. This is going to be a good show, I think, today. it's We have a lot of good things to talk about.
1: That's right. And I'll say at the top of the show, we'll make sure to bring up at the end, you can catch Icky Ichabod's Weird Sama and Weird Wrestling also every Friday at nine thirty or 9 p.m. on Grand Fork's Best Source. Right, Blizzard?
0: it! Or we'll die. Oh, no. We don't (laughs) want that
1: wizard. (laughs) But we welcome everyone to call and text in with their questions or comments. Uh, We're now uh, live on our new schedule every other Thursday at 1 p.m. And you can join in the live chat or discussion on the GFBS social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch. Or call or text in your questions and comments. 701 213-0863. So, with that out of the way here, uh, we will give a shout-out to our first ad here, our sponsors, our good friends at the River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar & Grill, Go ahead and make your next dinner and a movie destination. They're both located in the River Mall in East Grand Forks. Now, you can either dine inside the movie member belly, a packed restaurant in the Shire. You can see it in the video footage behind me. Or take your meal to go to the movie you're attending if you want to mix it up from your average popcorn fare. Uh, Some of this week's featured attractions are... They're bringing back a couple of classics this, this week Mean Girls and Wish, as well as some new movies here. We got The Beekeepers, The Boys in the Boat, Night Swim, a ton of movies, just some of the many films playing to find the complete showtimes online. RiverCinema15.com. Don't forget about their Tuesday special $5 movies all day long and the Senior Matinee Special 550 Movies on Wednesdays and Thursdays for seniors. Now, the River Cinema has luxury recliners and expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages, and it's family-owned and operated, so make sure to check them out, the River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. All right. Icky, Paul, thanks again. This is, uh, it's been two weeks getting used to this new schedule. I think we're all set to it. I got a couple of news items to open the show. Icky, you're, you're old school. You, you, you don't do any of the streaming services, right? No, I know, I know I, you've been kind of on the fence in, in the last year or so. I know you said you've been thinking about getting a couple, I think, well, the right? Full,
0: the Full Moon and, uh, Shudder and things like that. Like,
1: yeah, that. the, the horror slasher film oriented ones, right? Yes. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. And that's cool too. They got like slasher film oriented, uh, streaming services. I know a couple of buddies, that get them around like Halloween time, just October, November. And that seems perfect for those. Just go all out.
0: Well, you know, and then I, I would suggest Paramount Plus because if you want to watch a great show, watch Tales from the Territories or Dark Side of the Ring. Great shows. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. I need to catch up on I only saw like two episodes. I only saw the first and last episode of the latest Dark Side of the, Re- the Ring Season 4 focusing on Sunny and uh, I'm blanking on the other one that they closed off the season with, but uh, I know they're on Hulu. They recently added them to Hulu, Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, Tales from the Territories. I know it may be on Paramount Plus. also. I will have to look it up, but I bring up stream- streaming services. Uh, you know, the good thing and bad thing we talk about with streaming services is that uh, shows are constantly coming and going. Uh, HBO Max announced the cancellation of two shows here. Both only lasted two seasons. I was uh, completely unfamiliar with both of these shows, but maybe both of you have heard of them. Uh, Julia and Our Flag Means Death. So both those shows canceled after their second season. Uh, but as we're uh, you know cu- currently bringing up HBO Max with them dismissing two shows, they just this last weekend premiered season four of True Detective, subtitled lost country this past sunday actually I caught the new episode i'm gonna hold off on talking about it though to our our uh, our next show it's only gonna be a six episode limited series and uh that way i figure two weeks from now the first half of the season will be available to talk about the first half of the show in one chunk in one episode of big screens and the next half in like another episode after that so uh, i'll be talking about it more then but that that you guys big true detective fans, seen past seasons
2: well, I caught the first season. I thought it was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. I started to get into the second season, but then I kind of fell off because I had other things going on. But the second one, I didn't think was nearly yeah. as good as the I'm first. Yeah,
1: yeah, love the fir- the first season of True Detective is probably one of my favorite standalone seasons of television. And the good thing about True Detective is each season has a new a set of lead detectives. Is like a, it's this is like an anthology series. Each season is a new cast, new plot.
2: So, kind, of, kind well. of like a. Uh, what is it, the horror story? Um, American Horror Story. American Horror Story. Yeah, they they got the same actors, but it's always a different, mm-hmm. completely, like the next season doesn't have anything to do with the previous season, mm-hmm. but they still use the same actors.
1: Well, I think True I, Detective, they use different
2: actors. Uh, yeah, 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 actually, True mm-hmm. Detective, they do use different actors. I like but.
0: American Horror Story, but I, the True Detectives, I'm not really a detective fan. There was only one detective show I think I liked, and that was uh, Elementary. Mm-hmm. It, it was out a bunch of years back. Well, I'll, I'll just say
1: for season four, True Detective, it, it, it has Jodie Foster and Kaylee Reese p- portraying the lead detectives for this season. Oh, Jodie
2: Foster hasn't done anything yeah, in
0: a while. Yeah, she, she
1: she only does like something like once every two or
0: three years. She she was in Silence of the Lambs, right? Yeah, she, she did a great job in that movie. And then there was that guy who was like obsessed with her who tried to, I think it was shoot Reagan or something like that.
1: I I couldn't tell you. But there was I like
0: this thing where there was this like this guy who's obsessed with Jodie Foster and he tried to assassinate someone.
1: But. uh I'm I'm looking forward Why to talking talking about it more in a couple weeks here. I will I'll just say for now I love the first episode, and it, I know just reading it reading in previews leading up to the debut episode of the season, they were uh, saying they're going to do more uh, o- homages to season one to keep that format of the show. But you, but like you, Paul, I I kind of was kind of half and half on season two couple parts i like couple parts i didn't uh that that was it. colin farrell i believe was one of the lead detectives i stuck with it but uh yeah definitely far stepped down from the first season and i didn't even get a chance to watch season three but i heard season three is good but uh next arc i got here I announced is another season two announcement for more streaming shows uh for two Paramount Plus shows, Ike, you're just talking about Paramount Plus here. Actually, oh no, actually, one's HBO, one's Paramount Plus. For so for one more HBO show, they announced uh, for The Last of Us season two. Uh, it's going to be premiering in in a year from now in 2025. But they announced a couple new cast editions. Uh, Young Mazzino and Isabel Merced are announced for season two. For the cast for Last of I've Us, I've never heard of
0: any of these people or any of these shows. I, I must be living underneath <laughs> a rock.
1: I'm sure if you put some face, if I had to throw some uh, photos up here, I'd be like, oh yeah, that, that that one person from that one thing. But yeah, they're actually about to start production for season two, and I'll be going premiering a, a year from now, tentatively scheduled. So, and finally, uh, Paramount Plus show the season two trailer for
0: uh, Halo, the live action series. Oh, uh, they're they're.
2: Gonna do a season two after
0: yeah, they, twenty they, years. They were advertised. <laughs> well, was it? I saw it advertised on TV last night that Halo season two was coming. Yep. Out. Yeah, yeah. Because I love the first oh, one. Yeah. I can't
2: believe how long it took them to make a season two. I, I mean, it, almost two years.
1: Oh, I remember we reviewed the first season here on the show week by week. It was a lot, a lot yeah, of fun to keep up it, with. It pisses yeah.
2: me off when they like make a, a season like season two should come the year after the first season.
1: Yeah, the, it drives the,
2: me nuts when they do that.
1: Oh, gosh. I think to quote uh, maybe Millhouse from The Simpsons, though. No, they're delaying it to make it extra good. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you know, I'll have to say something about that. But it, they said this in the, in Spaceballs when they go, We're going to all meet in Spaceballs to the search for more money. Yeah. Right. I see. That, we get... that,
2: that, that's perfect. <laughs> oh, gosh. Comb the Desert.
1: Oh, great movie. It's been a while since I've seen it. I'll give a shout out in the chat to Al Veen. He's in the chat saying, Good afternoon, all. What's up, Al? And if anyone wants to say, has any comments about what we're talking about in the chat, feel free. We, we want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be premiering February 8th. That's the, the, So just a couple weeks away from the season two, starting off on Paramount Plus here. And the synopsis that gave him the preview is In the wake of a shocking event on a desolate planet, John cannot shake the feeling that his war is about to change and risks everything to prove what no one else will believe that the Covenant is preparing to attack humanity's greatest stronghold with the galaxy on the brink john embarks on a journey to find the key to humani- humankind's salvation or extinction the halo
0: is it, is it john roberts is john roberts oh, in gosh. this other universe
1: <laughs> imagine john roberts as master chief
2: <laughs> well i wonder if they'll introduce the hive
1: oh gosh yeah or the flood or oh yeah that I, was what, the flood is that yeah, what the it was flood yeah. yeah
2: or
0: where, you know there was a thing called the hive in teen titans too
2: yeah, I always get confused. I mean, Hive Flood. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: I, I don't think I don't think they were in season one, right? Yeah, they're right. It was just strip just Covenant and, uh, and the Space Marines, right? Yep. yep. And they
2: did such a good job. I'm I'm really excited that mm-hmm. they're actually finally releasing season two. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is, I'm I'm That's, with although you. Although
2: they should be on season four right now.
1: Yeah, they they're, they're taking to get their, their, time. their shit together.
0: Well, you know, I hate I hate I hate <laughs> this when they when they like put like. A, like a long period of time between like seasons. Well, mm-hmm. I think this is
1: a, this could be a kind of like a, a spider uh, or a butterfly effect from the writers and actors strike that happened last year. Uh, a lot of shows got delayed coming out of that. So that's a possibility. Well, I can't
0: for- remember, you know, for like, they were, like, showing re, uh, reruns of uh, Saturday Night Live for, like, a year and a half. Well,
1: right now I know it's, like, the amount of theatrical movies in the theater, like, the last, like, month or so. It's been slowing down a lot. Maybe one movie a week. Like, I, you'll see when we talk about theater previews here coming up. I only found one worthy new movie. I'm like, why are there a lot of re-releases being focused this week? Uh, uh, like, like way more than like the flashbacks cinema pick of the week at River cinema, which I love, but they're doing more, more companies are doing re releases for anniversaries. I'm like, why are they doing it? And then all it clicked. Uh, I saw other news announcements too. the last few weeks that, uh, the, the actors and writers strike is catching up to what they had movies ready to go in the can because, you know, they had a lot ready to go in the can for several months. But now that it's been, uh, that, that writers and actors strike that lasted for like almost a half a year. Now it's starting to catch up, and it's kind of like you know went like when COVID hit for movies, all the movies got pushed back. Once you got into that that lull, it took about a year for movies to get back on track. I don't think it'll take this long this time, but I think it'll probably be like three to five months. We'll see when movies will be still coming out, but at a trickle. Well, you you know, know, it's
2: kind of funny in hindsight, though, if you think about like COVID, where they you know they stopped the production of movies because they're like, oh, we're all going to get sick. Nobody could do anything, so that would have been like the perfect time to capitalize on. Like streaming movies, yeah. They could, a lot of they people have did. made
1: bank. A lot, well, streaming service subscriptions went up through the roof at yeah. the time. Yeah.
0: Wizard has something he want. He's looking forward to though.
1: What's that, Wizard?
0: Beetlejuice Two.
1: You know, I just uh, informed you on the, on your your newest episode that aired last Friday because you're reviewing you're reviewing a Tim Burton movie. I was like, oh yeah, this next movie in the works is Beetleworks Two. I guess you were not
0: Beetlejuice Two. You said Beetleworks.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Words. <laughs> bl- words. Flirts. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. I, apparently you were not aware of it at the moment, and you just got a an awesome, genuine reaction so, from me. I,
2: I have mixed feelings about that because mm-hmm. I think that you know having a Beetlejuice two would be cool, you know with the new special effects and everything. But at the same time, it's like, are you gonna ruin the original?
0: Yeah, you know. Well, that you know, as as he said, you know there was a lull with movies, and you know there there really hasn't been any movies that Wizard and I have been. Mm-hmm waiting for except for spawn and beetlejuice too so
1: but we should get things rolling here with our first review of the show here i'm sorry no no no, it's all good i i I like it when we're just it's always good talking about the latest and greatest hitting the movie scene here and just the latest like you know rumor in the rumor mill too and speculating it's always great Uh, and i always uh, there's a saying i like here saying uh speculate wildly but we are not going to speculate wildly on this next we're going to be giving our honest to goodness thoughts about this first movie we're talking about It's called Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, and it's streaming on Netflix exclusively. Uh, It's the new Zack Snyder film, uh, Zack Snyder, the very divisive uh, director, uh, you either love him or hate him, there's really no in between, but he's done a lot of uh, DC live action films, 300, Watchmen, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League.
0: Is As- this based after a book? It sounds like it's based after a book series.
1: This is uh, Zack Snyder original joint. Do
0: uh,
2: okay. I got the right one in the background there?
1: Yep, Yep, I just found a collage there of a bunch of the actors from the film there. Uh, but yeah, so this pretty much uh, Zach Snyder. He tried to it was it was long in the works that he was trying to make his own, get get on one of the many directors to make Star Wars films when you know their Disney was pumping out Star Wars films there for a few years, but it, it just never worked out between him and Disney. So uh, Zach Snyder eventually you know he took a big offer from Netflix to make a two his own two part uh, space uh kind of his space sci-fi saga here uh or space western kind of it's a little bit of a hybrid i'd say it's, well, paul would you say this is like 70% sci-fi 30% western that's kind of how i got from it
0: yeah that's that's accurate is it yeah. clint eastwood meets star wars basically then uh,
2: no no uh, no nah,
1: it's a little bit more actiony uh western uh I, it reminded me a lot of firefly how that's a great sci-fi oh, western yeah, yeah yeah like you know you, you get them traveling between planets and and all that but then eventually when they get to some action scenes it's like almost like a wild west shootout kind of
2: which by the way if nobody's ever seen firefly fantastic yes. yeah. hilarious
1: i another one i kind of say right up there with a lot uh true detective one of my favorite single seasons of television yeah.
0: there's a actually um we were talking about this in the hallway earlier when you said it was a sci-fi western, I said you know kind of like cowboys and aliens, then with Harrison Ford. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I guess yeah. yeah. Or no, I'm th- well, wasn't that a uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan in no, it was cowboys? and cowboys? Oh, okay, no, I'm thinking of something else. But the him. thing with yeah.
2: cowboys and aliens, though, it was grounded like on Earth, where uh, you know I think uh, Firefly and these they are out in space. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. So for Rebel Moon Part 1, this is, it kind of starts off on this peaceful settlement on the edge of Earth. I think it's called Velt is the name of this home planet where it starts to take place on. And you can see the person in the—whoops, uh, there we go. Right here and behind me up here, that name, her name is Cora being played by Sophia Batella, and uh, she, she's, kinda, she's part of this like this peaceful farming settlement on this, this kind of remote planet, kind of separated from the rest of, uh, not, not really that connected to nearby planets. Uh, so it's kind of out on its own, and you know, just a nice peaceful farm- farming settlement. And all of a sudden, this guy here, he's uh, uh, admirable, admirable, admirable. Admiral. Or, yeah, Admiral. <laughs> I cannot talk today. Admiral Atticus he's Noble. He's not adorable. Yes. Well, it's a little bit of a tongue twister. His name, Admiral Atticus Noble, and being played by Ed Skrine. He, he's part of this evil, uh, like, faction that's kind of like this, like, Quasi dictatorship. Come on, it's
2: Francis. Yes,
1: yes.
0: <laughs> is it kind of? Is it kind of <laughs> like the separatist movement in Star Wars? Then?
1: They're called the Imperium, the ruling faction of ruling over. Are this we
0: talking sp- about wrestling now? Because oh of- yeah, yeah,
1: there's a wrestling group called Imperium. Yes, <laughs> that, it
2: was Fra- in Deadpool. It was Francis, wasn't it?
1: Oh gosh, is is that who he played?
2: Or- uh, yeah, he was Deadpool's like uh, the guy that turned him into Deadpool. Oh, gosh. and he was like his real or. Yeah, it was like his real name was Francis, and it would just piss him off.
1: Oh, I, it's, I've only seen Deadpool two, 2 once, I think. It's been yeah. forever. You
0: should be, you better watch it again. It's yeah. Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2, great movies.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, great, great stuff. Uh, but, yeah, he comes in, and all of a sudden, the film does a great job. What do you think of Ed, Ed Scrine Paul, as an as a antagonist for a film, leading the group, being the big bad? Just How do you like how they set him up where he kind of had those uh, diplomacy negotiations go all kinds of haywire with the farming community's
2: leader? So you're talking about the bad guy, right? Yep, the bad guy. Yep. Yeah, Francis. Francis <laughs> yeah. Atticus <laughs> Noble. Well, uh, he was also uh, the bad guy in Alita: Battle Angel. Oh,
0: okay. I remember that. Yeah.
2: So he he's basically uh, he's played this character, you know, in a few things. He does a really good job at playing yeah. the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a review on a movie that he did though, where he was actually like. Uh, not in that position. I don't know if you remember it, but it was like a movie that came from like Scotland or something, but he was a musician. And we'll have to go back on our records to figure out what the heck the name of that movie was. But he's a terrific actor.
1: Yeah, I'll have to look up his IMDb. I thought the part where they kind of introduced him having going that negotiation back and forth with with the leader of this farming community to be like, hey, can you spare us enough harvest to feed all our troops? And you can tell the leaders kind of being a little wishy washy, and they're both trying to kind of be. He was basically a, a Nazi. Yeah, I was going to say, it reminded me of that opening ne- uh, kind of conversation talk, Don Tarantino style in Inglorious Bastards. Yep. It reminded me a lot of that, where you're you're just ready for the ball to drop to see uh, Atticus Noble's true colors and just see him just lay waste to these negotiations.
0: You know who plays a really good bad guy, though? Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course.
1: For sure. Well, he's a he's an Academy Award winner for his portrayal as a as an awesome bad guy. So, well,
0: uh, also uh, that I don't remember his name, but he played uh, he played the guy from uh, Die Hard, and he also played Professor Snape from uh, Harry Potter. He was playing.
1: oh yeah, was it a diplomatic immunity has just been revoked? <laughs> oh my gosh, one of the best one liners in, in cinema. I
0: didn't mean to bring that up. I'm sorry,
1: but no. So obviously they the uh, Atticus Noble he uh, pretty much. Claims they're going to lay some troops on this planet there, and they're going to come back in so many weeks to get the harvest here. And in the meanwhile, you know, Cora, she's uh, she's kind of picking her moment. She wants to get off the planet, and she kind of learn about her mysterious background throughout the movie through flashbacks. And she stands up to, to kind of just defend the planet and is on... She ends up. Con- this whole part one ends up being her going on a recruitment mission to find a bunch of uh, allies. You can kind of see in the background behind me here to kind of help her uh, to build up a sizable force to take on this huge uh, army by the Imperium.
2: Yeah, because she was hiding on that, but she had recently been like a awesome military soldier before all this happened, and they kind of bring her out. You know, like you said, it's it's got it's kind of got that Star Wars mm-hmm. vibe to it, where she's like Obi Wan mm-hmm. hiding on a desert planet, you know, just pretending that you're just a farmer or whatever, but you actually have this like Jedi background. Sounds to you. like
0: Dune too, also.
1: Yeah, yeah. She she all of a sudden, you know, instead of just like a peaceful farm girl, she's you no know, all of a sudden taking on all these Imperium soldiers on her own and just. They make her a badass, yep. and I am all for it. I thought she was a heck of a character. Just, and just learning her backstory, too, on how she was uh, part of this Imperium and what kind of led her going into it and going out of it, too. I thought that was very, very well done. Uh, but then what do you make of uh, kind of Cora and that other uh, uh, person from the farming community? His name is Gunner. They kind of end up going on this recruitment mission, and they kind of do a lot of planet hopping to do a bunch of uh, recruiting you can see from a lot of the people behind me here uh characters by the name of blood axe
0: Ooh, that's a cool uh kai name.
1: and and tony it's or er, icky is at, it's funny you bring up anthony hopkins because he is in this he's in this movie he's a voice though he's a voice really? yeah he's a voice oh. of jimmy the robot so <laughs> i, I didn't think know that i think uh you can kind of see him yep there we go oh oh wait no that's not him I think it's actually where I got the poster in the corner. Yeah, but I didn't it's get like, the whole Tarzan guy. Yeah, yeah, the Tarzan guy, his background's a little weird, but kind of each, they, they hop to a different planet, and each character kind of has their scene that introduces them. Like, the Tarzan guy, uh, I, I believe his name is, uh, oh, gosh. Six-pack. Tarak, <laughs> plays by Staz, Staz Nair. <laughs> uh, yeah, they kind of have him. No, you gotta you got to tame this griffin, and oh. just, yeah, it's weird. They're like, no, this is just going to be him showing off his, like, Ten apps or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gonna, are you gonna, pretty much. Are you <laughs> yeah. going to
0: tame the Peter Griffin? Yeah.
1: Uh. <laughs> but but some of those plant, some of those character introduction scenes are are pretty interesting. Uh, uh, where you get the. You kind of get the, uh, gosh, uh, the, the Darian Blood Axe and like, hit their whole uh, their whole background. I think it's behind me, that general there in the middle where they kind of free him from him being locked up there. Yeah, he
2: really didn't do shit either.
1: Yeah. You know, once he, <laughs> once he, well, he got introduced real late in the film. Yeah. But uh, anything that stood out from you from as you got to meet more of these characters, Paul, that kind of got to join the party, join in on the space hopping, space cowboy saga?
2: Well, you know, like I was telling you, it, it seemed like, you know, it was, uh, you know, the recruitment thing, mm-hmm. like – I. You know, I was using Suicide Squad, but you you had a better reference. Um, what was it?
1: Um, uh, Firefly or Guardians of the Galaxy? That's yeah, what I like thought, Guardians
2: yeah. of the Galaxy. The like first re- one, yeah. Recruiting recruiting this team, um, and then you know you finally get like the one girl that has her swords that are like can do really cool things, and she's taking on that big. She reminded me uh, of a spider. Yeah. yeah, this big spider mm-hmm. android-looking thing, which was really cool. But yeah, a lot of these characters. I mean, there was really nothing to it. It was just like. Oh, now they're just part of the team. And
0: was there was there a lot of mythos behind these characters? Or I mean, kind of get it for Korra.
1: That's about it, really. Just for Korra, right? Yeah, Yeah, that
2: was pretty much it. I mean, honestly. Plot line, it was pretty weak. Yeah, special effects were pretty cool, but
1: yeah, I was going to ask you about you the know, special effects and CG, and that that was definitely spot on. They actually, in a lot of Netflix films, you could tell they're made on a budget, but this one, they they seem like they gave a, an open checkbook to Zack Snyder. You know,
0: yeah. sometimes when you have like good special effects in a weak, weak, weak uh, like script or weak mythos, it's not as good. You know, you need to have they they both need to complement each other. For it to be a good movie, just because you have good special effects doesn't mean it's going to be a great movie.
1: Exactly, yeah. Can't be all Flash, no
2: substance, yeah. but they're, Which they're, is the majority of movies that are coming out lately.
0: Exactly. Well, <laughs> Blue Beetle. And, Blue Beetle, and, uh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, <laughs> <basically>, Victor. <laughs> basically, you know, I'm a traditional special effects, so I really don't like all these movies coming out with CGI. Hmm. And they're using CGI for like not probably ninety five percent of things nowadays.
1: Yeah, I mean if they, if they can back it up with a good script, good dialogue, I'm all for it. But if it's well, like, you can
0: tell it looks fake.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd say you, you kind of get some moments of that. Maybe the Griffin riding sequence was just a little too out there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, was... it's
0: like it's like the sequence. I I really liked the. It, I didn't like the movie, but the never ending story when he's flying on the luck dragon, you know, you could tell that that was you know real. Mm-hmm. It was a big puppet. But say if they were to do like like uh, CGI, like even 10, 15 years ago, it would just look fake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the actual puppet would look more real than the, oh, yeah. than the CGI. That's kind of like a good
1: rule of thumb. with Not all, but a good chunk of the CGI once you get like 10, 15, 20 years past it. Now, I remember watching movies I grew up with like you know that came on in the late 90s, early 2000s, thinking they were groundbreaking and seeing them like, in recent years being like, oh, wow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, even going beyond that too, I just, uh, you know, like, cartoons kind of in general. Uh it was funny because I was at the dentist office and I was staring at the TV and they had SpongeBob on there. And I was looking at it and I'm like, a lot of people I don't think realize that uh the people that made SpongeBob, I'm pretty sure are the people that made Ren and Stimpy. Oh well
0: that was by a a, a company called Spumco. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but the the artists obviously no, Stephen were... No,
0: Steven Hillenberg was, was inspired... I believe he was inspired by John Kay, who was the creator of Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Ren and Stimpy, when that was out, there was just so much inconsistencies with them releasing shows. They'd, like, release two new shows a year. Yeah, yeah they and had some holes in that And they'd always have to one. show, like, reruns.
2: But what I, but what I was getting at, the, like, it, when you watch Ren and Stimpy, you know, it's like this cartoon, but then they'd have these close-ups, where yeah. you'd see like all the bacteria oh, or whatever yeah, in their teeth right. and everything like that. Well, Ren- and they do the same thing in SpongeBob. So it's really interesting to mm. see the comparison between yeah. uh, Ren and Stimpy and how SpongeBob SquarePants yeah. are well, kind it's, of the it's, same.
0: It's funny because basically Ren and Stimpy was the show that changed cartoons forever. Uh,
1: that that's a very bold statement. I don't. I would say probably, it probably had an influence on other cartoon shows, but to say it, it changed all cartoons forever, that's pretty bold. Well, I
2: think I think what he's getting at is that it created Adult Swim.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, made adult uh, a- animation, but or that could be interpreted in many ways but i think you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, i guess just to put a, a uh, to put a, a ribbon uh, or uh, put a bow on our discussion for rebel moon part one uh did it h- have you ready for part two that comes out in april here uh it kind of leads to like a big clash with them and imperium kind of setting up like their first big battle and it has its own cliffhanger making you think oh did they get the bad guy did they not get him uh did were you kind of on board by had a good take a uh, good feel for all the characters they recruited here so uh
2: I don't know who said this. It was a director or somebody, but this is pretty much like whatever this guy said about like Marvel movies. It's just like going to a theme park. Oh, yeah. That was
1: Martin Scorsese who said that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's it's a theme ride. You know, I'll I'll wait to get on the next next, uh, trolley to go on the next uh, roller coaster. But, you know, as far as plot and everything, it's just... It is what it
0: is. He said, you're, "Scorsese."
1: You're, yeah, Martin Scorsese said he got, he is kind of dumb. A lot of people thought he was saying it as a pejorative. He was he was not. He was saying uh, he was asked in an interview, "What oh, what do you think of the biggest you know Marvel movies or, and comic book movies t- doing so well in recent years?" and and he said, "Oh, uh, they're more like amusement." R- park or theme park rides to me they're just not for me and a lot of people took that as a he was saying a pejorative and he went on he had to end up writing this big long essay explaining what he meant and i knew exactly what he meant you know it's like hey i like going on a theme park ride uh i'm not going to think of it as you know there's this big you know in-depth prestige movie but hey i like going on a uh theme park rides, and, you know, you got your highs, and you got your your
2: lows to breathe, like, you know, on a roller coaster. Well,
1: that's or, a very
0: good allegory for this.
1: Yeah, and I think
2: that's it's a not, great... It's not, it's not life-changing yeah. experiences mm. where it really dives into the, you know, psyche. the de- the depths of yeah. your psyche, exactly. It's just, it's, you know, a, a kid playing with a toy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, and I think it's a great... I think this is a great. If it was in theaters, if it would probably be like you know, like a Star Wars, you know, a, a great popcorn movie. You know, like all right, blow me away with some awesome, killer CG special effects, some great space action, some spaceships blowing each other up. You get that in here. Some great uh, one-on-one duels, live-action duels, fighting with each other. Uh, and like like we're talking about the, spy- the spider there and their electra esque character, just completely just slashing the crap out of each other. I thought that was great. I was yeah, totally I all in on that.
2: I, it's 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 kind of. Weird. I mean, like, if you were to see how they make these movies, the actors, I mean, I would hate to be an actor that would be in one of these movies, because it would totally ruin it for you. Because they're literally just in a room full of green screens. Yeah. 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 With with, with just buttons. Well, Well, actually,
1: now that you mention it, Paul.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, but... You know, I mean they're they're making this huge production yeah. but you know for the the actor that's got to be really difficult. I mean, you got to act like you're the superhero or whatever, but all you are is you're just sitting in a room next to another person with nothing but green screens wearing a suit with like little balls all around mm-hmm. you. That would be weird. Well, you know they, they That's
0: why I say classic special effects are the best.
1: Yep. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I I guess I'm a sucker for those behind the scenes, and you kind of see them filming it with the green screens and then the the mo cap suits and all that and you know I just tell myself you know they're they're trained professionals they're I guess they're just I and mean, then they must have gone through a zillion rehearsals and practices practices to get used to it, but yeah it's a, a completely change of pace and nothing as authentic well, as original
2: yeah I mean if you think of like uh when we reviewed uh legend, I think we did that one on yeah uh, we did a uh, uh, whole month and um, I can't remember the name of the guy with Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. When he be- like became the devil in that, like hours and hours of like, oh, yeah. makeup and putting him into this big latex suit, blah, blah, blah. Now they mm-hmm. just go into the studio, and then they just take a computer and just the put it on him. Wizard know. hates that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you, Wizard? <laughs> and no. it doesn't look as real.
0: It yeah. doesn't. But you know, that's why traditional special effects are the best in my book. I, I don't like doing movies on my show that are CGI all the way through. Yeah.
2: And a great example of that with the CGI, I mean, if you look at um, the Star Wars, uh, when they did the other, like after the original. they came Oh, the out special with the, editions? Yeah, no, uh, so they had the first three Star Wars, yep. you know, and, and then they came out with the other ones that were. Um, the prequels? Yeah, the prequels. Well, with, they
0: came out with the with the special. They came out with well, the original. The one where where Anakin is, is like oh, yeah. you
2: know racing his little cart or whatever yeah, and everything.
0: Yeah. Prequels.
2: Yeah. At the time, the special effects were like, oh, people are like, oh, this is so cool. But if you watch it now, it looks so incredibly cheesy. Oh yeah, that's kind of what
1: I was referencing a little earlier, seeing like you know maybe the latest and greatest stuff that we grew up with, like late '90s, early 2000s. But watching with a fresh set of eyes is like, oh wow.
2: <laughs> exactly, and you know, but when you watch a movie like legend that they're ageless that, they yeah exactly so i that's why i think I, I agree with icky on that point that you know the creation of practical effects practical effects is better than just using cgi
1: oh, very good well we should move things along here uh so that's rebel moon part one part two is coming out in april uh Rotten Tomatoes aggregate, uh, audience, 59%. Critics, 22%. Stay hit. I don't think it's nowhere that low. I liked it. I I wouldn't say I loved it, but uh, yeah. I am definitely going to check out Part 2 when that launches in April. But, Icky, you're next. I asked you for what you wanted to review on the show. I know you keep up with a lot of traditional cable shows, too. Um, Young Sheldon. I think it's in its last season, right?
0: It is in its last season. It's basically the story of Dr. Sheldon Cooper before he meets Leonard and... Howard, Wallowitz and Raj, and...
1: I I think this is, what, season seven or eight?
0: Yeah, I think it's either... Yeah, season seven or season eight. I haven't...
1: I was trying to do a little info digging up on it before here. I saw, like, I think it debuted in 2016, 2017.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can remember that. It was,
1: like, right as big bang theory was wrapping up or was there a little overlap
0: there might have been a little overlap i think i love the big bang theory though all the all the jokes that they make about like science and physics and philosophy and things like that it's, it was a very intelligent show um it, it could kind of compare with intelligence with Frasier because Frasier is considered the most intelligent show that's ever been on tv really
1: I watched my fair share of Fraser over the years. I know we and we kinda of discuss how they just did a relaunch of it on Paramount Plus here I with an all an all new season after well, what's many his years name, away uh,
0: Who played Fraser?
1: Uh, oh gosh. I cannot tell you off the top of my head. I know who you're talking about, I just cannot say his name off the top of my head.
0: Well, he also did the voice of Sideshow Bob on the Simpsons.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, he was a beast in the X Men movies. But
0: here's the funny thing about Young Sheldon: you actually have the actual actor who played Sheldon Cooper mm-hmm. doing the voice of Sheldon at the beginning of the episode and the end of the episode. Every
1: episode, Jim Parsons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, kind of like how How I Met Your Mother, Kelsey Grammer. Oh, Kelsey Grammer. Can't believe yeah, I, I couldn't think right. of that.
0: Yeah, I, I love Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. He's a great actor. Oh, I love yeah. Sideshow Bob, but um, yeah, uh, Ian. Mm Armitage plays Sheldon Cooper. Um, Yeah, and his his mom is basically like a really religious Baptist, and she works for the church for like the first five, six seasons before her son gets a woman pregnant out of marriage, and then they kind of kick her out of the church. But, you know, this is basically about Sheldon and his sister and his brother and his parents. Uh, how Sheldon Goes to College, uh, they, they mention in uh, Big Bang Theory, Dr. Linkletter. You get to see more of that character in this. Uh, the guy who played Dr. Sturgis, I don't remember his name, but he also did the voice of Rex on Toy Story.
1: I'm trying to picture the timeline this takes place in, thinking back it to when... It takes
0: one, place in the 80s, I think. Eight, like late 80s, early 90s. I think, 80s,
1: I I think 90s. that's the
2: same guy that uh, was in Princess Bride. The-
0: Inconceivable! yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, you know, you could tell it's the 80s because they're talking about Star Trek The Next Generation. They talk about that a few times. And there's actually one of the episodes where they're watching TV and they're watching the Dr. Vink episode uh, oh, of right. tale, who, who's uh, president, Are You Afraid of the Dark?
1: Who, who is president when this show on? It's got to be H.W. Bush then, right?
0: Either H.W. or Reagan.
1: Or Reagan, okay. Well, if they're talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark, it's got to be H.W. Bush because I think Are You Afraid of the Dark, my memory serves right. I want to say early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe yeah, H.W. Bush or maybe very early Clinton, yeah, or both, yeah. Well, there's There's...
0: there was one where they think Sheldon is a uh, communist because he I forget what he says, but he does like this this thing.
1: So you still have the Red Scare going on a little bit. Yeah, I guess by the end of the show, they're eight years in. They got to be into the 90s by that point, right? Yeah. So do you get any of that cool 90s extreme pop culture in the show?
0: Well, you know, his his brother runs a video store for a couple seasons. And in the background, you can see like a Beetlejuice poster. You can see a Gremlins Two poster.
1: So, with this being the final season, what are, would you say were some of the favorite arcs on the show?
0: Uh, just Sheldon going to college. I didn't like like the first two seasons weren't that great because it, Sheldon was in high school and he wasn't able to express his intelligence.
1: So, but this actor, this kid Sheldon, they, by the end of the show, he's already in high school and early years in college.
0: No, he's he no, he graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And then he he's in college, and the last thing I I, I watched was he was going to go to Germany for a uh, for like a dissertation or some more schooling. advanced schooling. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, now it's, I think there's still like another couple of months left in the show, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It
0: hasn't even. I don't think it's even, the the final season's even started. I think it starts on February 14th. Oh, I think okay. It is.
1: Starting way late later than usual, or so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, yeah, and then, gosh, you're going to miss the show. I guess there'll be... If there well, I'll is miss a- the
0: Big Bang Theory, too. I love yeah. the Big Bang Theory.
1: I guess I don't think there's going to be another spinoff show, because that Big Bang Theory was, like, what, an 11-, 12-year run or so, right? Yeah. It had a real long run. So, safe to say that with, like, eight years of this, that's almost, like, 20 years of Big Bang Theory.
0: You know? It, it, Do you have the DVDs, at least, to fall back on? No. I got the first two seasons of Young Sheldon, but uh, I'm going to talk about it later... Mm-hmm. But Howard Wallowitz's wife, the girl who plays her, is going to be in my uh, bring up bring up thing at the end of the show because she plays Abracadabra in Night Court.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. You'll have some quick takes for us later on. Well, final thoughts on Young Sheldon for I,
0: I would say, you know, if you haven't seen it and you're a Big Bang Theory fan, you've been living under a rock for the last couple of years. It's a great show. It's pretty intelligent um
1: it's gonna be destination viewing for you once new season starts
0: well you know i gotta i gotta quote something for that Mm -hmm. and i i don't know if i'll get in trouble for this but destination uh, oh (laughs) you're good you're good (laughs)
2: the one thing that uh actually it's kind of blows my mind about well big bang theory um his girlfriend because now she's like the host of jeopardy or something but my
0: mba they actually kicked her off jeopardy she quit
2: Oh, did she? But I think that, but she's actually, like, a master physicist.
0: Or she's, she's a neurologist,
1: actually. Is that what it is? Yeah. She, yeah she's
2: a freaking neurologist. And that was the same and,
1: actress that played, like, Blossom way back in the day, right?
2: Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I, I mean, and she's, like, super intelligent. And, I mean, the fact that she's an actress and she's on the Big Bang Theory, and you would think that, oh, she's just an actress playing a nerd. It's like, no, she's actually, like, really, really smart. I had no yeah I had no idea that they, that she
1: left jeopardy I know she was splitting hosting duties with the uh with I that think they, other guy they,
0: they wanted to go down to just one just person.
1: one okay well hey, at least she got hosted for a while there that that's still quite the honor I, you
0: know I, I like Maya MBL. like I think she's she's wonderful
1: oh yeah I'm with yeah. you a thousand percent all right. Well, we are going to take a break here before we come back with a couple more reviews here for the show. And, uh, you know, what's better than having uh, going to the movies and then having some of your great tasty treats? And there's nothing better than t- treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. And that's where Oh for Heaven's Cakes com- comes in, where you will find the best cupcakes for any special occasion or just a treat. Uh, if you walk in to find out more, we will warn you, you will not want to leave because the aroma there is oh so good. Uh, they are located on the north backside of the Grand Cities Mall, and they're open Tuesdays through Friday from 10 a.m. to 4, and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to noon. Give them a call, 701-757-2253, or email overheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. That's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall.
0: Did you say muffins? Muffins.
1: Oh gosh, they have killer muffins at O oh for Heaven's Cakes. I usually try like a random one once or twice a month there. Uh, are pe- peanut butter chocolate muffins. Just throw them in, throw them in the microwave for like thirty seconds, and yeah, they they just devour them.
0: Bring the wizard a muffin on Monday.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what muffin would you like?
0: Cardboard. Cardboard
1: <laughs> muffin. Okay, we'll do. I'll make a note of it. <laughs> All right. Well. I'm sure this next movie is far from cardboard. Uh, I've sh- heard really good things about it, so i to throw it to Paul. Uh, the, you know Oliver Stone, oh, excuse me, Ridley Scott. He's you know had quite the film record. He's you know he's directed Alien, Thelma and Louise, Gladiator. He's got Gladiator two he in the that. works actually. And uh, Paul's going to be talking about his latest film that hit theaters a few weeks ago. Napoleon And the synopsis for this is an epic that details the checkered rise and fall of the French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte and his relentless journey to power through the prism of his addictive, volatile relationship with his wife, Josephine. Ridley Uh,
0: Scott also did that show, Numbers.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, gosh, yeah, that was uh, with uh, the guy who played uh, Joey from Friends, I believe. I'm just blanking on his name right now. I just wanted to say that. There you go. Paul, Napoleon...
2: Yeah, I, I bought it because I couldn't find anything else to watch. I,
1: it was on my to, must see, my to see list. I just never had a chance to make it to the theaters.
2: Yeah, let's get over. Oh, there you go. There we go. Um, yeah, I mean it's it it's good. You know, it's it's long. It's kind of drawn out. It's not like the most exciting thing on earth, but it is really cool to um, just see the. You know the history behind Napoleon because I, I mean there really isn't a lot out there as far as you know.
0: Well, he has a psychiatric disorder named after him, Napoleon syndrome.
2: Yeah, because uh, what is a little guy syndrome? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, it, it is pretty intri- interesting to see how he come uh, becomes like this guy that just is in the army and somehow becomes. I didn't even know this, but he like declared himself like king
0: emperor i think yeah france. Em-
2: yeah emperor of france like how did he how did he get to the point where he was like oh, i'm just gonna make myself the emperor of france well,
1: well wasn't it wasn't like he just had this killer battlefield record where he just kind of just like just took a lot of territory like really
2: fast right yeah it's kind of funny in the when you watch the movie i mean basically all he had is he's got you know the cannons and uh, like there's a there's one scene in the movie, and he's talking to his Congress or whatever, and they're saying, yeah, there's an uprising in the city. We need to control it. And he's like, okay, I'll take care of it because they know about his effectiveness in, in the battlefield. And he's like, I don't need a second in command. I don't want anything like that. I'll just go take care of it. So you got all these people in the streets that are protesting, and he just blasts them all with cannons.
0: Was it like Guy Fox revolution kind of thing?
2: Uh, no, not so much like that. Um, I really wanted to see it too because the last
1: several months I've been there's been this long running uh, for se- a few years now. This uh, the, it's called the Age of no- Napoleon, a podcast, like a really in depth, thorough podcast about the life and times of Napoleon. There, so I'm like, oh, I'm wondering how it translates on film.
2: <laughs> I mean, honestly, after watching this, you could compare Napoleon to Adolf Hitler. Well, he he were, was just like, he had no regard for human life. He just wanted to, his sole purpose was to be like the greatest person that he could think of himself being. And like I said, even in that scene, I mean, he just completely blew up a whole bunch of uh, French citizens just to stop the crowd. Well, I that, mean, they would be like taking a a bunch of garbage trucks and just running down oh, a gosh. protester group. Yeah. He was like, I'll take care of it oh man
1: you no know, remorse no remorse no
2: remorse whatsoever and then he had his uh wife who was uh cheating on him and he even was just like you're my wife you know stop that and you you need to be by my side you need to do what i say because i have this image to uh make and i got a brand <laughs> well here's yeah.
0: the, here's the thing you know it, it, it sounds like one famous science fiction author, you know, no regards for anyone, no always trying to better his brand, L Ron Hubbard.
1: Well, I, you know, I was going to ask you about the, the Josephine's his, uh, wife's name, right, in this, I believe? Uh, yeah. And just kind of listening to that Asian Napoleon podcast, it's kind of really fascinating learning about his whole backstory with her, how they've had a lot of, like, ups and downs in their relationships, and sometimes she was just kind of off living on her own in a whole separate land for, like, maybe years at a time or so. I just kind of... Well, kind th- of no, he,
2: he was out on the battlefield mm-hmm. and trying to yeah. conquer lands and everything, and then she was back home... At home, yeah. You, you know, banging this other guy, and... Then he got wind of it and came back. And then he saw that France had gone to crap while he was gone. And so then he said, uh, while I was gone, you guys were so corrupt that I'm just going to take over and get rid of you guys. And then he was trying to create an heir because now he's emperor and Josephine wasn't producing a child. And so they had to figure out <laughs> if it was her or him. So then he hooks up with this 18-year-old chick, knocks her up. And so now he's like, okay, so it's my wife that uh, can't have a kid. So he ends up trying to divorce her to because he needs to get an heir. And then he partners with, I think it was Australia, to get Mary, uh, the princess of whatever that emperor was,
1: have one of those fancy arranged marriages and they're
2: like, well, she's only like 15 and he was like, yeah and okay, whatever <laughs> and so he ends up like marrying her to create a truce between the the two people so they can become like the biggest army on earth. I mean it, this guy was just a narcissist on every level.
0: Well you know what it sounds like to me sounds you know you're saying this is re- you know realistic and things like that. But it also sounds like something that was fictionalized to me. Homer's Odyssey. It sounds like a little bit there.
1: I do not yeah. have that background, unfortunately. <laughs> I've heard of Homer and an Odyssey. But I guess I do not have that knowledge of like actual material. Well,
0: you know, you were saying that he was gone from France and he was in different lands, and
2: and it was it the thing that really resonated with me with this movie was the the battles.
1: Yeah, I was going to Be- ask about how the, how was the battlefields
2: because the majority of them was France, like I said, just showing up with the cannons. And all he did was plug his ears and say, fire. That was the battle. Like, pretty one-sided, they portrayed it as? I mean, yep. they would just fire cannonballs at everybody and just blow the shit out of everybody.
1: I want to say, where I'm at listening to this podcast, time like, talking about how he kind of conquered Italy to free it from Austria. How they were taking, I don't know if that's one part they focus on. I imagine, you know, his war record is so vast they got to really pick their battles to focus on probably
2: yeah oh and it was austria that was the uh the girl that he tried to marry not australia or ended up... yeah not australia oh, austria because
0: okay, yeah. uh, australia was originally a prison colony for the british yeah
2: and then he uh he eventually lost and he got exiled
1: yeah i was going to ask how they portrayed that because i was familiar with you know the how napoleon is you know his his last his final years yeah he got because eventually he lost a number of battles and you know france got in what have you done for me lately You got us all these losses here and now we're we have a ton of debt on our hands and that's what led him getting exiled to
2: like a little island or something right i
0: think it was crete
2: yeah i think you're right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it's an it's a really interesting movie i mean you know like you said it's it's not a documentary but it's what do we docu- call it? a drama, mockumentary you know? uh,
1: i believe it's like a biopic is that kind of like the right I, term
2: i don't know but
1: docu- i mean drama. it's
2: it's it's worth watching yeah Sounds i, I, I want i wanted to see it yeah uh but yeah. it is slow Okay, so just so you know, it is, is it, slow, it is like slow.
0: Tarantino slow, or is it even slower than Tarantino? Well, it's you know? it's not like it's,
2: a
1: three hour movie, is it? It's one of those.
2: Yeah, it's almost three hours. Almost three. Okay. Yeah, and it's one of those ones where it's like, okay, you get the action part where you start to get into battle, and it's like, okay, this is entertaining, and then it goes into him with his wife, and it's like, all right, now I got 30, 40 minutes of just. Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> Yeah. Get, they, they, they make you anticipate the action. Yep, exactly.
1: Oh, gosh. So, okay. But it sounds like a recommendation with, with, with caution, it sounds like.
2: Kind of. You know, put it on while you're doing something like laundry. Laundry, okay. You know, because then that you can focus in when they're doing, like, the important parts, but when they get into the knolls, you can mm. just be like, all right, and I'm just going to fold some jeans. to fold some jeans. <laughs> yes, all right. There you go, Napoleon. I, I still need to see this. So.
0: It sounds awesome.
1: Well, I'm gonna take back in here. i be. T- I just watched this yesterday on Netflix. Netflix. I, it's another Netflix exclusive movie. It's been available since November. I've been meaning to watch it for the last like four or five months or three or four months. Finally got around to it. Uh, the Killer, the new David Fincher movie. And you know, David Fincher probably one of my favorite directors. He's made some of my favorite films: what else Fight he- Club, Ooh. Zodiac, Social Network, Seven. He's he's have he has quite the acclaimed film record. Uh, and so. And so I was kind of really I'm like wow Netflix they got a huge get by getting a David Fincher exclusive movie. I guess they did give it a very limited run in theaters for just like a month before putting it on Netflix so to get a little bit of a uh, theatrical uh revenue from it but um, great lead too love Michael Fassbender one, uh, one of my favorite actors. He's just credited here as the killer. So uh, in that hence the name of the movie the killer he's an assassin for hire and uh the way the film introduces him he's kind of like uh, I think we've all seen, like, a certain type of assassin movie where they kind of show the assassin, uh, like isolated, in his room, far away from his target, trying to line up, you know, get the gun scoped just right, clean, waiting to find the perfect shot, scouting out his enemy. So, like, all these long, drawn-out... identity. All these long, drawn-out shots of him kind of... just kind of scouting, doing his homework, uh, trying to pick his moment, kind of showing him, kind of, like, doing his reconnaissance. The film's very elaborate on that. I love it how they do the cinematography for this film. And, and the whole time, uh, Michael Fassbender, he's doing... This self narration voiceover, like he's kind of got this code, uh, this ethos he he lives by. Like some of the some of his sayings are no empathy anticipate don't improvise you can can just tell he has his own little creed he's following to a t and he actually says very little in conversation and dialogue with other characters in the film i want to say it's kind of like a board movie in that aspect like while actual spoken dialogue and conversation with others i want to say it's less than a hundred words he's very cold and calculated and you can kind of see him here he's like in this film here he's like he's just trying to (laughs) some fun their damn product placement worked. He's like, he's talking about how just uh, you know, like a McDonald's ham and egg and cheese like sandwich does the trick for breakfast for him to get him the protein he needs. I'm like, damn, you product placement.
0: So he he had more lines than Nicolas Cage in w- Willie's Wonderland.
1: I'll take your word for it, but uh, no. So, anyways, he's scouting out this, this target, and you know, he's he has a flawless record, but unfortunately, this target he misses it's his first ever miss you know he gets out the hell out of dodge informs his employer and you know you think that would be that or he you know wait for reassignment or wait for the next mission but the employer is pissed and they make an attack on attack on him at his home and uh, against him and his wife and so now he is out for revenge against his employer about the the goons that were hired to take out h- him and his wife and uh and like the everyone else that had any link to trying to put this all together so it's him going after all these targets throughout the movie
0: Can I say something? About go for them? it yeah sounds like kill bill
1: kill bill kind of kind of actually yes yes uh but uh yeah i would say you know though with Quentin tarantino movies kind of like how we we're talking a little earlier with Rebel Moon like kind of having that uh, analogy to Glorious Bastards uh this is not like that at all there are not these super long uh very very uh deliberate uh drawn out conversations which i think Tarantino is a master of there are a couple of lengthy exchanges but nowhere to the degree of your Tarantino as well
0: you know going after the yep. uh the, the the people who yep. betrayed him and
1: and it's pretty interesting, you know, once he kind of makes his presence known, like he doesn't surprise take out any of the targets. He wants to make sure that, hey, I'm here, I'm getting, pay- getting payback on you now. And then almost all the targets try and get into this, you know, they're trying to beg for their life but not really and so and the whole time you know uh michael fassbender is trying to do this uh uh his his creeds kicking in you know no empathy show no weakness show no remorse uh and like honestly the highlight is like the main a lot of it is like these cold calculated drawn out you know either assassination miss- missions or uh, how he's kind of like it reminded me of playing levels in the video game Hitman. If anyone ever here has played the video game Hitman, mm-hmm. you, ha- you know how you can kind of have all these many ways to kill people in that game. You're, you know, you're an assassin for hire, and you're kind of walking around a level, and you could be like, oh, okay, I could either, you know, poison their drink, or I could create a distraction and have them uh, walk off this sudden cliff from out of nowhere. It seems like the possibilities are kind of endless like that. And this, th- this movie kind of reminded me of ca- playing missions in hitman well i was like okay this is i'm, I'm kind of digging the feel of this and i i know my brother joe he's a big hitman video game fan i kind of texted him yesterday i'm like joe this movie reminds me of playing video game levels from hitman i think you'll love it and he actually agreed with me he watched it a few hours later he's like oh gosh you're right that was a great movie but uh so just seeing how creative they get with how fast decides to put an end to all these targets the highlight uh kind of dual scene is you know a lot of these are cold are like these very, very kind of diabolic, you know, very carefully plotted uh, uh, ways he's getting at all his victims. But there's one where the big one the the big higher, he's just referred to in the movie as the brute, played by Sala Baker. Uh, he's he's like the big muscle, he's the big heavy, and you know him and Fassbender they get in a big old like a a a. a, 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 a Map born type uh, uh, duel or or, yeah map born from the born movies where just this intense slugfest they're trying to be resourceful make the use of whatever objects they can find as weaponry get a little bit of shaky cam not as intense shaky cam like the born movies but it 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 had me hooked the whole time that's there's only one scene like that in the movie so it's not like a big knockout slugfest throughout the entire movie but that's definitely like the standout moment of the film but I thought the movie had great closure how it all wraps up uh, very apropos kind of throw a little bit of a twist in there but not much it's yeah very i cannot give a high higher recommendation to this enough uh uh the cinematography style the action style how it all comes together just yeah yeah if if you like other past david fincher movies i think this will be right up your alley well
0: you know uh i i liked uh fight club yeah but the book uh i read fight club 2 by chuck Palinuk.
1: oh the, the graphic novel version yeah
0: yes and i really enjoyed that and if Chuck, if he's doing a Chuck Palahniuk movie, he he's got to be a pretty good director because Chuck Palahniuk is pretty.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've, I've read a ton of <laughs> Chuck Palahniuk's books. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a uh, very 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 awesome. He's like yeah, one of my favorite authors. It's been a while well, since I read one of his books. I've probably read his first ten novels or so. But uh, but
0: you know, he as you said, this guy did Fight Club.
1: <laughs> yeah, he did Fight Club. He's uh, he's also done other like kind of like uh, psychological thrillers, action movies. You know, Social Network. That's more of like a like a social drama. I'm not like a really action movie, but Seven, that's a really big, you know, kind of like a Is mind bender. With
0: the Seven Deadly Sins yep.
1: or something like that. Yep. Uh, Kevin Spacey, he's like the main villain in that movie. Brad Pitt, uh, Morgan Freeman. But no, yeah, cannot recommend The Killer enough. I think if I would have watched this, it came out in 2023. If we would have watched this before our last show, I think, Pretty good chances would have definitely cracked my top 10 movies of the year list. Uh, Critic aggregate score 86%. Audience aggregate score 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. So pretty solid on there, too. But, yeah, that is The Killer, and you can find it on Netflix. And we'll be back here. we got our last couple of segments to wrap up the show, some new releases to preview, and some quick takes. But before we do that, we got some words from our friends at Churchill Shoes. Which can be found in the Grand Cities Mall... Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SAS dealers in the Upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701 772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com Next time you're in need of footwear give us a try
2: your feet will be glad you did churchill shoes in the grand city Mall.
1: all right we are back and it's time to preview some upcoming noteworthy theatrical and streaming releases and actually i'll do the theatrical first because there's so little usually i save it for the end because that's usually where the more marquee releases are the the, the movies and films with more bigger budgets but all that I have for theatrical movies for for last week and this upcoming week is, I kind of mentioned it at the top of the show, there were some re-releases of the movie's Mean Girls, you know, the Lindsay Lohan joint that kind of really catapulted her into her brief stardom. Then the animated movie from Disney a few years ago, Wish, that's getting a re release, also currently in theaters. But the only other major actual new movie I saw was that. uh, have you guys heard of The Beekeeper? That's, that opened in theaters, I believe, last weekend. It's Jason Statham is the lead in it, and it's his brutal campaign for vengeance that takes him on national stakes after he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as as the beekeepers. So yeah, there you go. That's your major theatrical release here for this episode. Other than that, the major releases are streaming shows and movies. I I already kind of covered true detective season four night country that premiered last Sunday. We'll talk about that in more detail next episode. Other than that, good grief. That's a streaming movie on Netflix directed by Schitt's Creek star Dan Levi. Levy. Or or is it Levy? Okay, gotcha. Because
0: Eugene Levy is his father.
1: Oh, is it? Okay, gotcha. Check that. Dan Levy. Where three friends travel to Paris to cope with a recent loss. Uh, Next up on a streaming movie on Amazon Prime Video, the movie Foe, or F-O-E, where garth it's a Garth David-directed film focusing on a struggling couple chosen to live on a space station in a 2065 dystopian society. Next up is the Netflix movie Lift, where Kevin Hart leads a team to pull off an aircraft heist in this little action comedy romp. And I know we previewed this when it got announced like last year or sometime. Uh, Streaming series now on Peacock, Ted, the prequel, Seth MacFarlane uh, is... Seth MacFarlane's behind this is a new series that's a prequel to the two live-action movies with uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg there. And yeah, it's... It,
0: Wizards looking forward to that, but Seth MacFarlane needs to make a live-action family guy if he's going to continue to do Ted.
1: I don't know. I, you know, yeah. I, I like
0: the first Ted, but the second one seemed like
1: it kind of went all in on like this the uh, kind of just very just low hanging fruit humor, and you know, just okay, sure. I can appreciate a good pot joke with that one. Is, it was like so, it was just pot joke after pot joke after weed joke. And uh, I think
0: he's going to be doing a movie like that in a couple of weeks. It's called Evil Bong 3.
1: Evil Bong 3, okay, yes. bonger harder.
0: No, it's uh, The Wrath of Bong.
1: The Wrath of Bong. Oh, my gosh. But uh, I saw the preview for the new Ted series, and it looks to be more in the same vein, but even more so about that, but it's them kind of in their high school years. But I don't know. It kind of looked like an easy pass for me. But I don't know. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe it'll be well-received. But... uh... Yeah, so that's the noteworthy new releases here. Uh, I guess we'll have some GFBS plugs here as we wind down for more coverage on other GFBS shows. Check out this week's GFBS interview where John Roberts interviews the voice of UND hockey, Darren Looker. Uh, Also, make sure to check out Tonight's episode of Fork Sports Highway live at six thirty tonight. They're going to be talking about the latest in the NFL playoffs and uh, and the big old Red River Central hockey clash from earlier in the week, and so much more from the world of sports. And uh, Icky, you know, since you're here with us, why don't you tell us all a little bit about your show, Weird Cinema?
0: Yeah, we just we we uh, we reference like uh, cult films and slasher films, some comedy, some. And each episode
1: is focused on just like one movie.
0: Uh, Yeah, originally when I started off, I. Did would do two movies, but I just couldn't do that anymore. Um, but Friday night, nine o'clock, we're reviewing Jason Goes to Hell.
1: There you go. Uh, One of the
0: best Friday the Thirteenth movies I think that has ever come out. Yeah, I'll have to check it out.
1: Yeah, yeah. You've and you've ton, you've reviewed a ton of slasher flicks, but you also go outside the box with like some some occasional comedies or animated well, we movies. We do Kiwi's
0: Big Adventure. We yep. we do Tim Burton. Tim Burton is comedy.
1: Oh yeah, well yeah, you, yeah. You've done some of his animated or, or stop motion, uh, a, stop motion animation efforts too. So yeah, yeah. You you, you kind of cover a wide spectrum of stuff on weird cinema.
0: I, I just try to keep it weird though.
1: Absolutely, and you can find Icky's show or any of these GFBS shows. Just search GFBS on your favorite podcast or social media app, and yeah. Stay tuned for the latest episode of Weird Cinema or Big Screens TV Streams or whatever GFBS show you want. All right, we're going to wind it down with some quick takes. What else have you guys been watching that we haven't talked about on the show yet, that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, Icky, you're the guest. Why don't we throw it to you first? So what uh, else has been on your plate? Night Court. Night Court. It's
0: a, it's a continuation of the old show Night Court. As I said, you know... Um, the, the With Bull Shannon. The woman who plays... Uh, uh, Howard Wolowitz's wife plays, uh, her name is Abracadabra. Apparently her dad was like a magician or something. But she, she, she she's running the night court now. John Loriquette plays in it. I think he plays a really good defense lawyer. Uh, he, he's just hilarious on that show. He's a Cajun defense lawyer from Louisiana. And, uh, another show that, uh, uh, I, that I said I was going to bring up was um, Chicago Med.
2: You know, really going, going back though, because I used to watch uh, the original Night Court when I was, you, you know, obviously younger. I'm not, I can't talk about anything that I would, when I was older, because I'm not older now. But,
0: <laughs> well, it's the cases what? that no one else wants to take, basically.
2: But, uh, <laughs> but the original Night Court, I mean, it was fantastic. Cause I mean, it's not like it was these hard hitting, like, Murder mysteries, like you see now, it was just like people coming in for just like the most BS things, like speeding tickets or whatever. Flashing,
0: P- there was like a flasher on like the last yeah. season of Night Court.
2: Yeah, the original Night Court was a fantastic show.
1: And this one, which was right up there with the original, Icky.
0: I have never really seen the original, but I knew about the original. Uh, they actually, they 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 referenced the theme song in Family Guy once. And it's like, I know I've heard that th- that song before. And when I was watching Night Court, the, 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 when they first came out with the new season, like, that's where they got the song from Family Guy. Very
1: awesome, iconic theme song. So you said you've been watching Chicago Med also.
0: Chicago Med, yes. Uh, I, I like watching it for Dr. Charles. He's a psychiatrist. And I've always had an interest in psychiatry. And I, I just like the story. I, I like, you know, medical dramas. I liked House. This
1: is more focused on like
2: therapist uh, type of drama. No, no, it's
0: it's like an emergency Emergency room. room. Okay,
2: what what actually now thinking about it, night the original Night Court was like the precursor to like shows like The Office.
1: Oh, it was like yeah, comedy, right? Yeah,
2: Yeah, because you, I mean, it was the same characters all the time. You had the bailiff, you had the prosecutor, you you had the defense attorney, you had the judge. And then you had, you know, the random person that was in trial for whatever, you know, kind of like the Judge Judy thing. But, I mean, this is basically, like, how they made The Office. You have all these people that have been working together. They do it every single night. And they just make it into a comedy because they can take all the stupid things that somebody is coming into court for. So, yeah, I mean...
0: I hate to to say this, but that... When you originally started saying that, it reminded me of uh, Seinfeld. But Seinfeld is not funny. Oh,
1: I love Seinfeld. Seinfeld has great dry humor. Yeah. Wizard like, disagrees. <laughs>
0: you know, I I I thought Jerry Seinfeld was a great great actor, but after the first four seasons of Seinfeld, I just oh, I love died.
1: Seinfeld. One of my favorite shows. But no, hey, it's all, it's all right to disagree, man. Everyone has their own favorites, so yeah. Uh, anything else you've been watching lately, Icky?
0: As I said, you know, just Chicago Med and Night Court. Um, I've also been watching uh, Son of a Critch, but I don't really know where to talk about that.
1: Okay. where what, what channel is it on our streaming service? Uh,
0: CW is... CW? Uh, is a Son of a Critch, Night Court, and... Uh, um Ch- Chicago Med? Chicago Med are the ones... I think it's the, the one with the peacock. Oh, NBC. NBC, yeah. yeah. Okay. Good deal.
1: All right. Uh, well, I'll go next and then we'll wrap it up with Paul here. Uh, I'm kind of still plucking away at welcome to Rexham on hulu it's all about uh, uh uh ryan reynolds owning a soccer team and how he's making it work during the pandemic there the first year of the pandemic so i'm about a little over halfway through that uh real quick aquaman battle for atlantis i think we missed covering it on the last show because we were so focused on the top 10 countdown but i saw that during christmas time i think yeah, i went and saw it with my dad at christmas and so i if i would not say it's 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 kind of, I actually enjoyed it. I, if you like the first Aquaman, I think you'll like this one. It's kind of like just kind of like it just seems more bigger and badder. It's like same bad guy, Black Madness, but now he, he found like the the black uh, um, what do what they call? I'm blanking it was on the, garbage
2: fire. Yeah, come
1: on, get real. No, no, gosh, the tried the black trident to make him more bigger and badder. So it's just, yeah, it was like,
2: the Lord of the Rings sword when he gets yep. the the undead army
1: yeah yeah no yeah you definitely get shades of uh, or flashes of how they're trying to go for the big epic uh battles well i'm like yeah you know they don't need they're leaning into this a little too hard they need to scale this down is a little like bit is it
0: like that song epic by faith no more
1: oh gosh yeah <laughs> what is
0: it <laughs> oh
1: gosh but uh no I, I i enjoyed it for me i eventually i kind of turned my mind off i'm like all right let's just roll the punches big, you know, a big a big Kind of like how we're talking about uh, uh, theme park rides earlier, that analogy. I thought that was a great example of this. I'm like, all right, I'm just, I'm just going to go along for the ride and just chomp on my popcorn. And I'm like, you know, this is a good, solid popcorn movie. Not too long. I think it's just a little over two hours. It's not like three hours it's really like your average Marvel movie. So it doesn't overstay its welcome.
0: Can I ask you a question mm-hmm. on that? Yeah. Yeah. Does it have to do, like, with other Marvel Universe characters, too? Do they, do they come into it? Oh, because, this is a DC movie. Yep. Oh, no, I meant DC. Yep. Does it have to do with any of the other uh, DC I think characters?
1: It's, this one, I believe, is more focused on just like just the Aquaman you know, heroes, allies, and villains. I, I can't recall off the top of my head if there's like a, a cameo from the other Aquaman characters. Like with DC characters. and Marvel,
0: yeah. they always like mix these different S- sometimes universes. Sometimes they do, yeah. Sometimes
1: they'll, or they'll have like a guest star yeah. in the movie.
2: Yeah, but, this one they they pretty much just focus on Aquaman. Yeah. There's there's really no outside. You saw this DC. new one too, Paul? Oh yeah, 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 I saw
1: it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I would say you know good solid popcorn movie. I wouldn't say I I, I did love Dolph Lundgren in it, just as one of, like the belt the badass elder Aquaman. I thought I thought that was. I good. think it's so. one of
2: those ones you're gonna watch five years from now and just be like, really?
1: Yeah, I don't. <laughs> this one is like a one I definitely don't need to see this again. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, but no, yeah, I would say. Good, you know, maybe, or like say, a good laundry movie. Good laundry yep. movie. There, there you go. go. <laughs> Alright, uh, and then I saw the boys in the boat. I was stuck in Fargo for a day. I needed to kill some time for the roads to get cleared, so actually I actually went to West Acre Cinema and saw uh, the boys in the boat there, and uh, yeah, George Clooney directed a movie about the uh the the coming of the 1936 u.s rowing team and how they won uh olympic gold in berlin
0: i've heard about that movie it looks really good yeah
1: i mean it's it's kind of like it's like your average sports movie but you know based on an actual true story and just kind of how these two guys just wanted to join the rowing team because they found out it gave them a job during the great depression so they could pay their tuition and they're like oh may as well join this rowing team so we could guarantee a job pay for pay our pay for our, our, our school and they actually ended up taking a liking to it and becoming, you know, winning Olympic gold down the run. I really thought probably one of the better George Clooney-directed movies I've seen. His last couple have been kind of so-so for me. But actually, you know, this is based off a feel-good sports story. So, yeah, yeah, it's still in theaters, I think, down at a showing or two a night here. But, uh, yeah, I'd give it a recommendation if you're in the mood for a good feel-good sports story. And that's, you know, I've pretty much covered everything
2: else here. So, Paul, I'll throw it to you. Um so, the you know, the one they got on here, because it was your number one movie yes. of the year. awesome. Which I have no idea. Critics are saying it would this be is going to your... be a front runner for best picture of the year for Oscars, Paul. Oh, pilot. my God. Are you kidding me? So I'm it was kidding. the holdovers. I love the holdovers. Great stuff. It was not... I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't fantastic no, by was. any means. I mean, it's just about this kid that can't go home for christmas that was it
0: sounds like home alone it has way
2: more layers than that paul well with, yeah it had a couple of layers but the layers weren't as deep as you were talking about no I mean, he's it kind was... of
1: winning over the, this re, kind of like makeshift father relationship with this t- teacher yeah. he stuck with for christmas break and and then you kind of find out way more to his personal backstory and why he's going through all this crisis that he's in now and no, it's a whole different take, way more than your different type of Christmas movie. I was all for it. I loved it.
2: Well, I wouldn't even classify it as a Christmas movie.
1: It's, it's kind of more like it takes place at Christmas. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like Die Hard. It's, yeah. it, they do yeah. have some, they do have
1: some Christmassy type scenes in there.
2: Don't get me wrong. It's a good movie. I just don't know why it was your number one oh, take. Oh, no, no, but, no. There's I some mean, heavy
1: he, moments in the movie they hit, and they really hit high, and just, like, the way the characters develop throughout the movie, way you learn more about them, I thought it took me on for a, a great journey, and way more way more Flash and Substance, yeah. or uh, way more Substance and Flash, excuse and
2: me. Giamatti, I mean, he was just yeah, being GMI's Giamatti. Great. But yeah. he was just being Giamatti. I mean, like, the guy's got to get some verse... What is it? Uh, diversify? Diversify, yeah. He, he's just... Always the same character in everything that he does, but he was—you could tell he was born for this role. Yeah, this role is so him. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't
1: like he was sandbagging it.
2: Yeah, I mean the holdovers—it's worth a watch, but I didn't think it was as good as you thought it was. Wait, no, no. Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Although I did think of one uh, that I did watch, and it wasn't a movie. But Dave Chappelle's new co- uh, stand-up comedy? Oh, he's got oh, a new special bad, out, right? Oh, it yeah. was hilarious to me. It's on Netflix, was, right? Yep, mm-hmm. I was rolling in my seat. Actually, he got a lot of a lot of blowback from it, but they actually, He always does. Was it just like a month or so back? Sorry. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: They actually had a thing called The Lives of Dave The Many Lives of Dave Chappelle. It was a a documentary on Vice a couple of weeks ago.
1: Oh. oh. Were you able to catch
0: that? Was pretty good. I I like cat like ten minutes of it, and then my stepdad changed the channel. No, no, it's like I was watching that, and he goes, "Oh, oh, this Curse of Oak Island is classic, and we need to watch that instead." Oh man! I mean,
2: you know, I like Bill Burr, I like all these people, but uh, you know, Chris Rock. But after you know, even watching this last one, there it is, without a shadow of a doubt, that Dave Chappelle is the best stand-up comedian to ever live no Th- doesn't he bill sp- hicks is better
1: hey everyone has their favorite different strokes for everyone but uh you can, so icky's no. favorite is bill bill hicks yes
0: no.
2: but chappelle he goes into you would like it because he goes into the psyche of everything that's going on i mean he he touches on everything i mean and and he doesn't pulling you Pull any punches. Well, I know he doesn't, you know, yeah.
0: but it reminds me of Bill Hicks. How Bill Hicks used to be in the nineties. So doesn't uh, Dave Chappelle? He does. He
1: kind of seems like he averages like maybe one special a year for Netflix or so, maybe yeah, or maybe, maybe every two something years like
2: that. But yeah, I mean, but just I mean, he is. He's just so in tune with everything that's going on in society and finding that that button. That, to put, he, yeah you know he, he's got he's got his, his he's very raw with this he's comedy, got his right? finger on the button of every single thing that people are like what is going on and he can very make in it touch. in and he can make it into comedy and he is he's brilliant
0: well, the guy ho- is brilliant hopefully he doesn't get kicked off netflix like he got kicked off comedy Central. no actually
2: netflix is the one place Big that right? that that took him like wouldn't get rid of it. Because
0: he got he got kicked off Comedy Central oh, yeah. for some of his yep. jokes.
2: Yeah, he got kicked. And Netflix. That's why he's always said, like, Netflix is the, the mm-hmm. one company that has always had his back. Well, he's done, like, a
1: series of specials for him now. I'm going to have to ask, maybe after the show, get your recommendation for, like, say, two of his specials to watch. Because I haven't seen any. I've always heard great things about him
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what, what's this new one called again? I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. But, I mean, you go on there. It's right there. Right. It's right. Dave Chappelle. I Dave Chappelle. I mean, new, new Noteworthy. Yep, yeah. you know, Watch perfect. it.
1: It's hilarious. Any other quick takes, Paul?
2: Um, no, I've been really busy. I didn't. I haven't been able to watch a lot of stuff.
1: Right. On. Very, very fair. Uh, Icky, anything else from you before we wrap up? I'm good, man. All right. Hey, well, hey, Icky, thanks again for coming on, guesting with us last minute there. I know uh, yeah, we're very, very good. glad you're able to reach the, the big screen's uh, bat signal. We, we gave you a shout-out yesterday, so thanks again for coming on. Well, you on. know,
0: I'm, I love doing it. Yeah. I, I love doing these shows. And I love promoting other shows and just, you know, watch Icky Ickaba's weird cinema if you want. It's the wizard and I just being in our natural habitat in the movie mortuary. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I I cannot vouch for that enough. Uh, I like to jest with you a little bit on that show every Friday night there. And, you know, once a month also weird wrestling, the latest and greatest from the wrestling world. Yes. So you can find your show just uh, on GFBS. So thanks again, Icky. Thank you so much. All right. Many thanks again to our sponsors for today, Churchill Shoes, River Cinema 15, and The Shire Bar and Grill, and Oh for Heaven's Cakes and more. We welcome you to join us live for all future episodes. Now, every other Thursday at 1 p.m., you can find all our past episodes by subscribing to GFBS wherever you find podcasts. Again, many thanks for having us part of your day. Get well, Victor. We hope you have a safe and speedy recovery. Get well, Victor. Yes. Uh, Many thanks to Space Cowboy Paul. many thanks to rock and or roll icky ichabod and many thanks for all of you joining us for today make sure to join us in two weeks where we will be having a ton of tv series coverage like i said true detective season four we'll be doing a deep dive on the first half of that getting more amped for season two of halo which will be about to premiere and so much more until then have a safe and great rest of your week goodbye for now